0: just started to feel like this was where I needed to go I was like I know this is happening and I'm going to come to this space and I was like waking up to hearing the sounds of the birds and this sounds you know I guess Mm -hmm. a little silly, but I started to see color, I started to feel joy, I started to see things in my life that would bring me little moments of happiness and joy again, which I hadn't felt for the longest time, and that's when I knew that I was on the right path to healing.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Healing and Dealing podcast. I am your host, Charlotte, and I'm so excited to go on this journey with you. Through a trauma-informed lens, we will navigate healing through conversation and connection while learning tools to embody our transformation and make lasting changes in our lives. We will cover relatable topics and discuss various modalities to put into action and ignite change. This podcast will have incredible guests who will share their story and provide proof that even in the darkest times, there is light waiting for us. If you landed here, it's for a reason. Now, let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Healing and Dealing podcast. Today I'm so excited to share Michelle Gordon with all of you. She's also known as the Healthy Happy Nurse and she's on a mission to help women take control of their lives, step into their power and rediscover their passion and confidence. She has 25 years in the nursing profession. She's been lost, frustrated, overwhelmed, but guess what? She found her way out using the approach from her signature program, the Health and Happiness Formula. She's a certified life coach, NLP master practitioner and certified Reiki practitioner. I'm so so excited to have you you everything that you're about is exactly what this podcast is about so you're such a perfect fit thank you for joining me yay thank you Charlotte for having
0: me it's so great to connect I know we're going to have an amazing conversation
1: yes all the way in Australia and I'm here in San Diego it's Monday where she's at. Yeah, it's still Sunday here. So I'm enjoying the Sunday vibes. (laughs)
0: Enjoy. Yes. Isn't it crazy that we are a day ahead of you? And yeah, here we are.
1: Yeah, it is. I'm I'm so excited to dive into your story and share with all my listeners, because I know that there's, especially in, in the healthcare field, there's so much burnout. And, you know, so many unhealthy coping mechanisms that people develop to try to keep up with that lifestyle, you know. So wherever you'd like to start and dive in, you have the floor. I'd love to hear, you know, like where where were you back in those days? What was going on?
0: Yeah. So my burnout was a two-year experience for me. Started back in 2016, right through to 2018. And at the time had three young children. Obviously they're growing up now. I've got two teenage boys and an eight-year-old girl now. At the time, my little girl was around 18 months old. My boys were eight, I think, and 10 or something like that. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I was working as a nurse in an emergency department. My husband was trying to get his business off the ground. And I dived into overworking and overcompensating and, yeah, just continued to push through and pick up extra shifts and people please and all of these mm-hmm. things and ultimately i found myself at rock bottom i very much ignored the signs that i mm-hmm. knew i was stressed i didn't realize the extent of the stress and that the chronic stress would ultimately lead to burnout so it did i basically turned to alcohol to to escape my life at the end of the day mm-hmm. i basically worked 8 slept, drank. Mm-hmm. And that was my life on repeat. To really cope with how I was feeling, I turned off my emotions. I disconnected. Mm-hmm. And I was, like I said, drinking to escape. I, I just poured myself into my work because that felt controllable for me. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, I got really sick. My physical health deteriorated. My mental health deteriorated. My relationships were really being affected. My my husband and I, you know, Mm -hmm. had sort of disconnected from each other. I wasn't present for my children. And I hit rock bottom. Yeah. So yeah, I I woke up one day and just knew I had to make a change because I, I was giving my all to everyone else. Like I was giving my all to my work and Mm -hmm. my patients and everyone, I guess, around me, I was sort of showing up for them, but I wasn't showing up for
1: myself or my family. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, showing up for everyone, but the most important people, right? Yeah. And I think I had a, a big wake up
0: call when my little girl was 18 months old and I came home from work, had a busy shift as usual, sat down on the couch, poured a glass of wine you know pour myself a glass of wine sat down I'd had a couple of glasses of wine by that stage and she was only 18 months old she walked right out in front of me came straight up to me reached out like this tiny little human being and Mm -hmm. reached out her hands and she grabbed my face and just stared at me in the eyes and said "Mummy, where are you
1: oh my gosh
0: Yeah. That gave me the chills everywhere. And that was the moment that I went, well, it was like a complete jolt back to reality that I went, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. What is all this for? And who even am I anymore? Like I didn't even know. So I, yeah, decided in that moment that I was going to turn things around and really Mm -hmm. untangle the burnout mess that I had found myself in. And, And that's what I did. I went on this really profound healing journey that started off very organically and and it became a real process of wow how Mm -hmm. how
1: how what a tangled mess i'd found myself in wow that i'm i'm sure so many people can relate with that i know i can especially like that moment with your daughter wow that like made me emotional because i've i feel like i've been there where it's like you're there and you're you're around them but you're not really there and i remember when when i was drinking i would look at pictures from like the night before and it was just a regular night at home and i wouldn't really it was fuzzy like i couldn't really remember and i was like wow i missed that moment with my daughter you know because because i was drinking you know or or numbing out however i could you know from the the overwhelm and the stress of the day but Gosh, I can relate with that so much. Like in the very beginning, what what types of things did you do? What did you start to to really begin these changes?
0: So I started to. I worked with a, a life coach, and I, I had tried over that two years. I tried sort of traditional counselling and therapy, mm-hmm. um, and it just didn't move the dial for me. I just didn't. Um, I didn't find that I was getting any forward movement. I was mm-hmm. talking about. My feelings, but I had just completely disconnected from my feelings, so I was like just this numb robot talking about mm-hmm. something, but it wasn't even integrating. So that I sort of shelved that and went, "Oh, well, what now?" And I stumbled across a friend who talked about life coaching, and I contacted this coach that she had had some results with. And that really started to put me in the driver's seat of my life. I really realized then that I had control of my destiny and Mm -hmm. how I could show up that I didn't need life to happen to me and beat me up every day. Like I could essentially take back control. So that sort of took me, I did three months there and I, it started to shift things for me. And then I really I finished up there. I dived into my health and fitness and I started to take some time out to myself and quieten everything down. And and that was a lot of, I guess, solitude time for me. So being with myself a lot because I was so used to being in a crazy busy emergency department and amongst lots of people all of the time. Mm -hmm. Being on my own was a very foreign thing for me because I constantly had surrounded myself with lots of people. And Mm -hmm. I think I had done that looking back very deliberately because I was a people pleaser. I needed validation and that meant having people around me. So being on my own really Helps me start to untangle a lot of my thoughts and process a lot of those thoughts. And then start to really connect back with my feelings. And when I started to do that, I I listened to a lot of podcasts. I started to do some masterclasses online. I really started to get curious about how mm-hmm. my brain was working and why was I doing the things that I'd done that ultimately led me to burnout. Mm-hmm. And I uncovered, yeah, my people pleasing. I uncovered a level of perfectionism. Mm-hmm. And I really uncovered that I was overcompensating in and had been overcompensating in my life in terms of my work because I got a lot of validation and my self worth from there. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, that was a really big journey
1: okay. to open all of that up. Yeah. Gosh, I I can seriously relate with all that you just said so well. So I'm, I'm sure so many other people can. I kind of want to dive into the piece about your work really being a part of your identity and your self-worth. How were you able to separate the two? Because I know for so many people, how they perform at work is what they think of themselves, you know, or that's how they can tell what they're worth as a person. And it's really totally separate. You know, I talk about this a lot, even just with my friends and my my coworkers, it's like, this job doesn't define us. This job doesn't define our worthiness, you know? So what was it like for you to separate that, especially being a nurse and being in that, you know, that type of workplace, I can only imagine how much harder it must've been for you. Yeah. So what I
0: had realized was yeah, I was Michelle the nurse. That's that's who I had been for so like as soon as I was 18 years old, I went into nursing and did my degree. And I climbed the ladder in nursing and, you know, did my quick care degree and eventually got through, you know, to all of these different areas. And I was defined by Mm-hmm. You know, my worth, I was very much received a lot of my validation in life through nursing. Mm-hmm. And this whole process was about me realigning with the core of who I was without the nurse label. Yes. And I didn't know who that was. Yeah. Like I, I did, but I was like, I'd lost her. Mm-hmm. I lost this the real me, and so a lot of the work that I did, and this is now what I do. I'm I'm a coach now because of this whole journey was realigning with. Me. So what was what were the words that I liked to live by? Mm-hmm. What was really important to me as a person, as opposed to Michelle the nurse. Mm-hmm. And when I look look back, I was living my values through the hospital system. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was living under their values and their rules and their, I guess, Mm -hmm. yeah, their value system. I didn't have my own. So when I really sat with and did this process of my own values and really recognizing what they were, I was like, gosh, health is a value of mine. And I don't honor that value. Freedom is a value of mine. And I don't honor that value. And Family was a value of mine. I wasn't honoring my family values so there I could see then that these things were so important to me,
1: but yet I wasn't living by them. Yeah. You were, you were like, resistant on on everything like yeah because I was showing up under
0: a (laughs) whole different identity that wasn't all of me it was just one little part of me
1: Yeah. Yeah, That's so interesting. Oh, I, I I love talking about this. So once you, I think I did the same exact thing in the very first program I took, they, you know, I I went through writing down my values. And at first I was like, gosh, what are my values? Like I had such a hard time even thinking of one. I'm like, okay, family, I'll go with family, you know, (laughs) because I'm a mom and a wife. But like, when you really have to sit with yourself, I'm realizing that that is, a key part of so many people's healing journey is being with yourself. I know for me personally, I had this job for, for about nine months that I was just at a desk and it wasn't case managing. It wasn't, you know, crazy social work life. It was a totally different you know, field. I was I was it was in healthcare, but I was just checking people in for mammograms. So it was super easy, very low demanding. It was I don't even know how I got there, honestly, but I was there and that's when I was able to take that program. And I was sat with myself every day. I didn't have you know, a ton of things to do. I, that's when I could process just like you said you did, you know, you gave yourself time to come back to your emotions and figure out, you know, what's going on inside of me and who am I and, you know, just unveiling after unveiling and covering all of these things. And it all came down to having that time with myself. Yeah, it truly did. So and I was just talking to someone else before this, and she said the same exact thing. So there, there's a theme for sure. And it's about... We surround ourselves with so many people and things to do and checklists and we have to do this, we have to do that, that sometimes we just need to take a breath and and just be with us, with ourselves. I love that.
0: And I hadn't done that for the longest time. I just got swept up into my nursing profession
1: Mm -hmm. and world
0: and family. And there were so many other things that were vying for my attention that I just, I just, Yeah. And then I got a lot of validation from that as well. So Mm -hmm. that is, you know, fueling my ego and and making me feel very needed and wanted, I guess, in this world. And not, I wasn't conscious of that. It just Mm -hmm. was like, oh, I'm getting validation here because I know I can do a good job. And I very much just would pour myself into work because that's, you know, what I felt great at. And yeah, it was. Definitely coming back to when I, you know, decided to stop all of that and sit with myself. That was so hard because I hadn't done that. And being in that solitude of mm-hmm. my thoughts, and my feelings was just so foreign.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And being, you know, pouring yourself into the nursing was safe for you. That was your comfort zone. Yeah. So the opposite is totally uncomfortable and it like forces you to grow and sit with yourself and process things that you've probably never thought about. And yeah, it's it's brave. I, I say this to anyone who's done any type of journey like this because it's so brave and so courageous because so many people don't do it and they just stay on that hamster wheel and they pour that glass of wine every night and they're not present with their kids and there's no judgment to them. I understand. I've been there. I'm just so, I'm always just so proud of the women that really do this work because it's so beautiful on the other side, you know, oh, it so truly beautiful. is. Yeah. So- so so after you started, you know, being with yourself and doing this healing journey, how did things change? You know, what changed for you? I I know you mentioned that you you stopped drinking during that time. What was that like? That was really hard because that was an escape for me to
0: mm-hmm. completely numb out um, yeah. even further. So I had to stop numbing and start feeling again. Yes. <laughs> and that was <laughs> like, oh. Oh, this is really <laughs> This is really uncomfortable because I now I've got these feelings in my body, yeah, and I'd switch them off, and as a nurse, I'd very much switch them off in my shift. I'd be mm-hmm. like, no emotion because I don't have time for emotions. We've got to be you know we've got to do things fast, yeah, And so I would come home from my shift and pour that wine, which would continue the the disconnect even more. So I did stop, and what I started to do was i I went started going to gym. I started to lift weights mm. and I found a really great gym and instructor who wrote this program for me. And it really helped. She stopped, it very much slowed me down. And she had, I'd opened up to her about what I was going through and how I'd been drinking. And she was a really great mentor, I guess, and and person in my life at that time. And she created this program that was really slow and and like just being in that gym.
1: Mm-hmm. lifting
0: those weights was like I was meditating it was so yeah I don't know it just dropped me into my body yeah which
1: you were you was, were meditating <laughs> yeah
0: and it's what I needed to do because of the complete disconnect and the the numbing and so I started to go to gym that became a really regular practice and then I would come back from gym early in the morning and then I'd go for a walk on the beach here which is I live by the beach here in Australia and I found myself. Crying on a lot of those walks. And I was like, what is this? What is going on? But it was me feeling again and really mm-hmm. coming back home to myself. So it was definitely uncomfortable, but the more that I started to allow that process to happen, the more it just felt right and I could feel myself really, I don't know, it just started to feel like this was where I needed to go. I was like I know this is happening and I'm going to come to this space and I was like waking up to hearing the sounds of the birds and this sounds, you know, I guess Mm -hmm. a little Silly, but I started to see color. I started to feel joy. I started to see things in my life that would bring me little moments of happiness and joy again, which I hadn't felt for the longest time. And that's when I knew that I was on the right path to healing.
1: Oh my gosh. I seriously wrote down the same exact type of thing in my journal. Like Oh my gosh. It's- It's crazy because especially when you stop drinking, those little moments, you can pay more attention to those little details like the birds. Like it doesn't sound silly to me at all because that's what started happening to me, too. I'd be like, oh, I can hear the birds in the morning or like, oh, this I'll notice sunsets before I never noticed a sunset, you know, or. Or wow, look at look at that flower. It's so pretty. Or, you know, just the leaves on the trees. I would I would go for walks on my lunch break, and I would listen to a walking meditation and notice all these little things that normally you just walk right by, you know. But it's so beautiful in that moment. And and I just I wrote something very similar. It was and it, it said something along the lines of these little pockets of happiness I was finding throughout the day. Yes. When it was like the first couple weeks after I quit drinking where it was like wow these little things are popping up and and I can feel it it's that momentum so you're right that's it's your intuition just really pushing you along and and nudging you like hey keep going keep going this is right for you yeah that's exactly what it felt like too Mm -hmm. Um, yeah
0: like I started to see things really clearly
1: Mm -hmm. and it
0: felt so right and so beautiful and just so I don't know it was just yeah so similar Oh, my gosh!
1: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of similarities. But like you said that you had to actually go through everything once you stop numbing. And and that's the part I always try to tell people, too, that, you know, starting a healing journey or or not drinking or something, something like that, making these big changes it's not easy you know like they're you're gonna have to go through all those things still you're just not and you're not going to have anything to grab and, and numb with or, or take your mind away from it you know so it's not rainbows and butterflies you know it's it's a process and it's not linear it's very you know all over the place it's a journey <laughs> that's why it's called a journey but eventually it's. To me, it, all of the positive just outweighed the negative at that point. You know, like the balancing, it was just so much better. Even though I was having to really like go through those hard times, I could deal with it so much easier without the alcohol or without the added stress or whatever it may have been, you know. So, it's not easy, but it's much easier than it would have been if I was still drinking or still, you know, like in burnout mode like you were, you know. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: <clears throat> yeah, and I think I continued to sort of feel like I was waking up and coming, Mm -hmm. it just felt like I was coming back home to me and to myself again. And I noticed that my, I lost, started to lose weight because Mm I gained so much weight from the drinking and I was so bloated and swollen that I started to lose weight. My skin, I've got Mm -hmm. actually a photo of myself on my phone of the day that I was like That moment, I think it was around when my daughter stood in front of me. And I took a photo of my face and I look at that person now and I think, who is she? Like, yeah. Her skin, her eyes, there's just no one home. And I started to see that my eyes were bright, that I had this color back. I have this glow back and my energy, all of these things really started to change. And Mm -hmm. people around me started commenting, which was so so incredible.
1: Yeah, I, I took the same picture. <laughs> I literally did. And it's, I haven't shared it on anything because it's so bad. It's like, I look terrible. I'm like oh my half, of my, half of my face is like more bloated than the other half. Cause I was crying the night before from being like drunk. And yeah. that's the night I was like on my balcony just like praying for another way. You know, like I was just so in such a bad place. And the next morning was when I woke up and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I have to make a change. And I took a picture of myself because I had a girlfriend who wasn't drinking and and I wanted, she was like kind of helping me in that moment. And, um, it's so bad. Oh my gosh. I'm like red. I'm splotchy. One eyes all like <laughs> <laughs> I should. Oh, share. Wow.
0: You should. I <laughs> shared mine
1: on I Instagram know? and so many people are like, oh
0: my gosh, that doesn't even look like you. But it, it was just that, that profound moment. And mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. that like what you are saying, Charlotte, of just, I'm praying. It was almost like I made a deal with God or the universe. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to change this like this is the moment like let me you know get through the night and tomorrow it is like i'm on i'm not doing this anymore which is yeah awesome.
1: <laughs> so Sharing. similar yeah yeah it's so great to have people that understand these types of crazy shifts and breakthroughs that happen you know it's, mm. it's so nice to to talk to someone that understands that because it was Yeah. It was a, it was a crazy journey. You know, I think I'm about like two, well, I'm alcohol free for one year, but I've been kind of on this journey for two years, you know? Um, Yeah. Like the first year I was still drinking and I, just knew it wasn't right. I knew it wasn't right for me. And I kept telling, you know, my coach at the time, because I had a coach, I'm like, I just want to stop drinking. It's holding me back. Every time I get so far forward and I'm feeling great, I'm meditating, I'm journaling. I'm just like, you know, all of these things, all these layers are falling. And then I drink and it's like, I have to start all over again. It's like lowered my vibration so much. And it made me so depressed after and so anxious after. Mm. it took me that much longer to get back to where I was, you know, it just did nothing for me positive. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And it's so good. I, I stopped drinking for, oh gosh, I can't even remember now. And I did, you know, really wonder how, how am I going to navigate this? Do I drink again? Do I not? Do I like, and you know, I live in Queensland, Australia, we, you know, a very big drinking culture here. Not that, you know, that is, is what it is but I I sat with that for a while and we went to, we have a surf club here which is we are you know we're involved with surf life-saving and it's you know nice thing to go and sit on our the balcony of the club and just have a beer overlooking the ocean so one day I decided to to do that with the group of friends that we were with and my husband and it was fine it was okay and it was almost like I didn't need to drink for to medicate or numb it was mm-hmm. a I can have a beer and enjoy that and just sit here and, and be present and still yeah. enjoy this moment. And that's what I've, you know, been able to sort of to do now, which is so yeah. great. It completely changed my relationship. With yeah, it's,
1: it's a totally different perspective. It, like you could have been drinking a soda and had the same attachment to it. Right. Like, it's like, yeah. it, it didn't matter that it was a beer or not. You were just, yeah, I get that. I think, yeah. I think people get confused. I feel like that. Like this isn't to judge what what you said at all but a lot of people have that misconception that when you're on a balcony looking at the ocean like you need a cocktail like it's very glamorized you know or even like when you're at the pool and you're lounging you know you want a cocktail so i've had to like change those stories in my brain you know and like really think you it could be anything else it doesn't have to be you know it could be a non-alcoholic drink and you're still getting that same beautiful moment in that environment that you're in and it's not going to make you your body physically feel like crap so like that was really was always my goal my emotional based goal was to feel good in my body and i felt like alcohol just depleted everything you know so all of those stories that i've been telling myself and all those limiting beliefs about oh you need alcohol when you do this you need it when you do that had to like rewire all of that so now when i think of like a sunset or sitting on the beach it's like i'm like oh i probably have my my water (laughs) you know like i don't associate alcohol with everything anymore and and it's really great i don't know if i'll ever get to that moment that you got to. I'm really happy for you because you changed your entire relationship with it. And yeah, for for me, I think it's just more about not wanting to feel like crap. Like I feel yeah. like I could have a beer and be fine right now, but I just don't like the way it makes me feel. You know what I mean? And like, I remember feeling the same. I was like, oh, how is this going
0: to affect me and feel in my body? And I, I very mm-hmm. much had very similar thoughts around that. But I think I just now have a different relationship and I know that I don't glamorize it anymore like this mm-hmm. no really putting yeah. you know, the the cocktail pictures and the, you know, the, uh-huh. the, the all of those vibes that like you said, the poolside vibes and like it that just doesn't yeah interest me anymore. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it used to be very much a thing mm-hmm. that I wanted to to show and display and mm-hmm. um but it it was, it wasn't even that relationship that I had in the end with alcohol. It was, you know, much darker. So yeah,
1: same, (laughs) same. Mm. I'm like, this is just a little glimpse, (laughs) the picture that you post, you know, but they, they don't see that you were pre-drinking and then you're going to stay up drinking by yourself or something, you know, exactly. They don't see the, the really, the darker side of it. That's what I hate about I don't know if you watch, if anyone watches the Housewives, but I watch some of them, and it's very the drinking is very glamorized. You never see them really hungover. You never see them like sometimes it's funny and like they do funny stuff when they're drunk, but it doesn't show the the dark side of alcohol, you know. So what happens
0: at the end of the night, or you know, in the early hours of the morning, which was yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, that, that's yeah. the that's what people need to see. Like this is, it's like the unspoken stuff, but it's what's really happening, you know, all across the world from San Diego to Australia, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, well, I think that's great. I think that that gives people motivation that, you know, if you want to change your relationship with alcohol, it doesn't have to be forever. It does not. And it could just simply be like, you know what, I'm going to take a break and find out who I am without it, you know? Absolutely. and. That alone is like you could do you could do so much with six months of, of not drinking and, and just really focusing on on yourself and your healing journey and and you know just taking a deep dive into you. So I think that it's beautiful that you changed your relationship with it and now you can have a beer and you're like, what? It's like not a big deal. it's you're you're not using it to cope, you're not using it to numb, you're just hanging out and had a beer. Like that's it. <laughs> Nothing yeah. else, no strings attached. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. And that's I think, yeah. yeah, like you said, if anything, just having a break and really sort of untangling your relationship with yeah. alcohol is really important. And can you allow yourself to do that? And if not, it's... what's coming up? Because there, it yeah. lies. Yeah, a few yeah. answers
1: if you if you're willing to explore it, which I really recommend people do. Yeah, that's so true. Like if you if you can't and you're feeling pushback, then. Look at why you can't. Exactly. For me, it was like, oh, well, there's a party next weekend. I don't want to stop now. Or me and my friends, you know, that's how we bond. I don't want to stop drinking. I won't have any friends. Or, you know, like any little thing I could think of to just keep drinking, right? Until I realized it just all, I had so many limiting beliefs around it. It was crazy how many I had to really break down and say, like, okay, no. It didn't do that for me. It was like everything was a lie, you know, all of it. So once you're you're willing to do that, yeah, you can uncover some really big stuff. And I figured out honestly that I was only drinking to basically like fit in, like yeah. from a very young age, like thirteen started drinking, and I that's where I thought I was confident. I thought I fit in, and it just carried on, you know. So it's pretty. When you untangle that, it
0: just mm-hmm. turns back to. I didn't feel worthy enough or I didn't feel yeah good enough. And when you can pull that apart, yes. you know, and take off the, the layer of the, the alcohol or whatever you've put on top to, to, yeah. to keep it through, that's when you get to the root
1: cause. Exactly. Of, yeah. Yeah. I had to write out all my fears around not drinking and yeah. they were they were all based around other people they didn't have anything to do with me and, I, and that's what made me realize am i drinking just to because i'm i'm sort of an introvert you know so when i would drink i would get really social and people you know liked me and i could talk to anyone yeah but and so it was like i was drinking to be able to turn into someone else you know like it wasn't really who i was i'm really just a quiet person and that's okay you know i'd rather talk like this any day and have like meaningful beautiful conversations you know wow yeah so much to uncover when you even when you take a break so i'm curious are you still nursing i am so i left
0: my role as a permanent nurse a year and a half ago And I took time off. Um, So after my journey through burnout, I went and did my life coach certification.
1: Oh, great. Awesome.
0: Yeah. So I became a coach because of the profound, you know, Mm -hmm. journey through and the changes that I had in my life. I just wanted to dive further into this work and really help other people. So I became a coach. I did my neuro-linguistic programming practitioner certification as well. I started to work with lots of women and nurses and help them through their burnout journey. And then, yeah, in the last year and a half ago, I left my permanent nursing position, so my emergency department position, to really go full-time in my coaching business, which I did and awesome congratulations yeah Yeah. so now I've still got my nursing registration and I do do some casual shifts as an health and safety nurse so every now and then I pick up some work doing workplace medicals which is just Mm -hmm. for me to get my registration up so I'm like yeah teetering on completely leaving nursing altogether and letting with my registration and yeah I'm I'm very much full-time in my coaching business so
1: that is awesome um I'm curious like what would be the perfect woman to to go into your coaching program like what who who do you serve so I help women who
0: are feeling like they're on the hamster wheel who mm-hmm. are burning out frustrated and overwhelmed with life mm-hmm. and who feel stuck and very lost so you know Who, if there's a woman out there who's like, I'm lost, lost, I'm stuck, I'm frustrated, I feel like I'm on that hamster wheel and burning out all the time, then that is the woman that I help. So I help them really come back to the core of who they are, Mm -hmm. really find their authentic inner alignment of their core self, their values, their deepest goals and dreams. I help them untangle and clean up the patterns and programs and limiting beliefs that have been keeping them stuck and re-regulate the nervous system so that they feel energized and alive and and feel whole again. So that's who I help. And yeah, my programs and coaching, what took me 12 months now takes my clients about three months to to go through. So yeah, it's a really beautiful streamlined process now i've really honed it and perfected it over the last three years and i've got women that have come to me you know really end stage burnout at complete physical mm-hmm. and mental collapse and within three months they're back working again they stop drinking they're energized they're alive that yeah it's just That's beautiful you
1: are doing amazing work
0: i love it it's my favorite thing to do
1: yeah, yeah. is is I'm so curious though, do you ever miss like the fight or flight, like crazy hectic environment of an emergency room? Oh gosh, it's so <laughs> funny that you asked that because I
0: do at times mm-hmm. and I've still got lots of friends who work in emergency and I still hear all of the crazy stories and what it's the adrenaline dump. So when you're in that environment, your adrenaline, you know, kicks in and you can be just functioning on adrenaline for 8 10 12 hours for the whole entire shift i it's exciting right Mm -hmm. because you get that whole adrenaline load through your body and it makes you you know just feel like you're invincible and you're saving lives and you're doing all these things Mm -hmm. but that's if you're doing that every day which i was it's just it's not healthy and sustainable. Right. And so yes, a part of me does miss it, you know, but I know that it's not something that I could go in and do every day like I was. So yeah, yeah it, that the excitement of that crazy paced environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's exciting. And, it, and it's, it's, it is quite crazy. Yeah. But it's not, I know that if I go back in there and if I do a week, I'll be like, no, nah, get me out of here. <laughs> this is now, crazy.
1: Yeah. now you're grounded and you feel, you know, you're like yeah. good with yourself. So you, you wouldn't put yourself back through that. That's awesome. That shows that you're truly like on the other side of it. I always just, yeah. I'm always curious about that because coming from someone who, you know, grew up in a really chaotic household, I tended to find the chaotic job or the chaotic relationship because that's where i felt comfortable you know so now that i've you know untangled all of that i love that word that you've used a couple times because it's so true now that i've untangled all of that i'm just very content with being like this like i don't need a bunch of crazy stuff going on i'm just like i love this i love being nice and steady i don't need any extra drama or like heightened adrenaline so yeah, but I I do remember having that like need for it, you know, because that's it was I just lived in fight or flight mode for so long that that's where I felt comfortable staying in, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I so
0: relate to that, and that's where I I think met shifting my identity of I don't I'm no longer the ED nurse in that mm-hmm. environment. That was a real process too. Of I don't need that. I thought I did. And I thought that's what that was who I was, but I'm not actually that person. Like you shit. I just like calm, control, Control. I like flow. I like ease. I like
1: space. (laughs) Absolutely. That actually brought something up because I was gonna say this earlier when you were talking about how your your job is your you feel like your job is your identity. So I found that finding things outside of work helps kind of like relieve that. So like my podcast, like it's just created this whole other side of my identity that I have now, you know, besides mom, wife, social worker, Podcaster. And then, you know, like anything else that you can decide to throw in there, it just, it helps take the pressure off of one thing. You know what I mean? If like you're a stay at home mom and you only feel like you're a mom, like find a hobby, find something else that can help you feel like worthy or help you feel like energized and lit up and something that you really enjoy. You know what I mean? Just like yeah. some advice for the listeners if you're feeling like that, because I felt like that too. And, and I know a lot of people listening, like even friends that I have that listen, they feel like that they're like my job defines me and i'm like no it doesn't you can do other you know you can find your identity outside of your work and your work can just be your work you know like it can absolutely yeah i meant to say that earlier but i i forgot yeah Yeah,
0: and that was that's
1: a great point because i very much lived and breathed
0: work i socialized with my work colleagues Mm -hmm. i was friends with all my work colleagues like messaging you know and so that was very much 24 7 yeah if I was working I'd be we'd be all socializing together and one of the things that I did was very much disconnected from that and I did that intentionally to create yeah. some space so I could explore other sides to myself and go to gym and mm-hmm. walk on the beach and and just have some quiet time rather than being on with yeah. this in this one sort of environment the whole time
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. In the beginning, you were, you said, you know, when you were thinking about your values that you weren't honoring, you know, your, your family and yourself. So now that you've done so much work on yourself and really just changed your entire life, essentially, like you're, you know, you're full-time coach now, you nurse, you know, when you feel like it, (laughs) which is great. How have your values changed? What, what do you see differently? How you're, how you're honoring them now? Oh, it's a constant. Like
0: I, I'm a, I do a constant check in with myself, and you know, my husband and I each, you know, each week, each month, we're like, where are we at? You know, are we in alignment with our values? Am I, you know, with my my personal values? Am I honoring my health? Mm-hmm. Am I honoring my family? Am I honoring freedom? Am I honoring these things that are really important to me? I really check in with that because. When I'm not, I, I can feel much a real sense of conflict and mm-hmm. frustration. That's how it manifests for me. But before, in the past, when I was burnt out, I, I lived, that was my constant frustrated mm-hmm. and overwhelmed and burning out. So burnout is a sign of chronic misalignment. And when you're, you know, and the signs of misalignment are the frustration, the irritable, you know, like... Mm-hmm feeling overwhelmed, feeling conflicted. So I know those feelings now. And I'm like, ah, okay, why am I feeling a little bit frustrated? And I can very much pinpoint, oh, okay, we're in a crazy season of life. Perhaps I've taken too much on. The kids have got a lot going on. What do I need to pull back here? Or have I been doing my beach walks this week? No. Why not? Because... I've cut them because I've been too busy so I can
1: yeah, see whereas I couldn't so much know. more self aware. Yeah. 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 I I can re- recall those feelings of frustration, overwhelm and just being lost and constant internal dialogue that was negative and just, you know, just really in that really crappy space and and it's I'm not there anymore, you know. Thank God, and and it's because of meditation. It's because I took that time with myself. But I love that you you check in with yourself, and if you if you have any hints of that, you can kind of be like, okay, well, what's going on then? You know, where I I love that. I'm gonna start doing that because I I don't do that enough. I don't, and I think a week will go by, and I'll think to myself, I'll feel, you know, like extra tense or stress. I'm like, man, I haven't meditated in, in like a week. And that's, that's my sign to, okay, Charlotte, you need to, you need to sit with yourself and meditate. So thank you for putting that out. I needed that.
0: (laughs) Right. No, and that's it. It's just a constant realignment and check-in with, Mm -hmm. yeah, am I in alignment with my values and my priorities? Oh, why not? You know, or what have I been neglecting here? That
1: is important. Yeah. My last question would be How has all of this changed, or in what ways has it changed your relationship, like with your kids and your husband? Oh, gosh. Especially, so, your, kids. Yeah. <laughs> Especially your kids.
0: I'm curious. Yeah. So I am just so present now for them. And I just, like, I was just thinking this morning with my little girl. You know the the mornings in the past for me, like we'd all be leaving the house crying. I'd be like yelling at the kids. <laughs> I'd be cranky because I was groggy and irritable from drinking the night before.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: tired and we'd get up late, and then we'd be all rushing. And my three children, like I remember one day driving to sc- dropping the kids off at school and my little girl to daycare, and we we're all crying. It was just horrible mess and this morning you know like I sit with my little girl and we had a chat and I was brushing her hair and doing her hair and it was just like I'm just so there with her mm-hmm. and she's talking to me about the end of school and she's got a concert tonight which is really exciting and she's singing at and yeah. I'm just it's just beautiful because I'm so there to have these conversations with her mm-hmm. and All the boys walk off and, you know, one of them's finished school now. He's going out into the workforce. The other one's finishing off his last two years in, in like, high school, which is our senior school here. Mm -hmm. And I can have, like, these beautiful, present, grounded conversations with them without just being a crazy mess in my head of overwhelm, which is where I was. So, yeah, yeah. does that make sense? Of Totally.
1: 100%. Yeah, because yeah. and doing all of this work and healing yourself, just it creates so much more space for you to hold for your kids, have those, oh. those moments with them. Yeah, I I can totally relate. Like it makes me emotional thinking about like thinking back to the times when I wasn't present and I was like that too. I'd be yelling, hurry up. And it's like just that toxicity that we were projecting onto them because of our own issues and their own stuff that we hadn't healed yet and our kids were suffering because of it and now it's like how beautiful is it that not only did they do they get to reap the benefits but they got to see the transformation you know like I don't know how old your youngest is but my daughter's eight so she's oh fine (laughs) oh perfect (laughs) we have so much in common it's crazy but she really got to be involved in it She really got to, like, even today we went out to lunch and someone had, I really love micheladas. It's like a tomato and beer drink with like bacon and they can add a bunch of stuff. It's like a Bloody Mary. And I was like, oh my gosh, that drink looks so good, but like a non-alcoholic version. And she was like, don't even think about it, mom. And I'm like, relax. I'm not, I'm like, she listens way more than you think. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. like, what did, how did you even like, what's going on here? And I told her, I'm like, I'm like, baby, I don't want to drink alcohol. I just want to have like those flavors. I like, you know, the meets a lot of flavor. But it's funny because they're just right there along with you, little sponges. And they're, they're oh also gosh. little mirrors for us to look at where it's like, oh, she's doing what I do. You know, like I need to. <laughs> so- and that's what I realized is my children were little sponges
0: and mm-hmm. they they saw the worst of me, which, you know, I did ha- have a lot of guilt and shame around that for a long time. I've yeah. been able to deal with that myself now and, and mm-hmm. forgive myself for that. And I very much now is, is I'm so present for them and so grounded for them. And, and I'm not in my head like I was mm-hmm. in that cycle and pattern. And the gift that that has given them is exactly, you know, like what you said, that they're seeing the change. And I remember having a conversation with the boys, you know, not long after I went through my healing journey of, and I said, do you, do you like the way that mum is now, you know, mm-hmm. said, yes, mum, it's so good. You're so different, you know, and it, they couldn't put that into words, but they knew that there was a big profound change in yeah. in how I was just around them and showing up so um and here I am five years later it's just wow. we have a beautiful relationship and I can have conversations with them now that uh, past me would have been in spiraled into overwhelm and chaos
1: mm-hmm. and now
0: it's just a really nice conversation and get to give them the guidance in their
1: lives as they're you know growing up as well yeah mm. having having that that space to be there for them in their journey it's, yeah it's great So great. You are doing amazing stuff. I'm so glad we had this conversation. I truly am. I feel like I, I, I'm going to be you in five years. I don't know. (laughs) Ahead of me and you're in your full coaching business and I'm just like very, very inspired by you. So thank you. Oh, thank you. I I just love the the similarities that we've had
0: today in this conversation. It's been incredible. So we were meant to have yes and connect we were we we're meant to have this conversation so
1: we Thank absolutely you so. were I'm going to link all your info in my show notes but if you want to stay here for anyone listening who wants to look you up real quick in their phone where can everyone find you
0: yeah so I'm on instagram at michelle gordon underscore coach so you'll find me on instagram and I'm also on facebook at the healthy happiness so I have lots of different coaching programs and and ways that you can work with me. So yeah, reach out on Instagram is probably the best the best way to connect.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really, really Thank am so happy. You. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. All righty. Talk to you later. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. If you loved what you heard, please leave me a review on iTunes, share it with your friends and tag me on social media. You can find me on Instagram at healinganddealing.podcast and by joining our Facebook group. Be sure to follow me for inspiration, tips, and exciting news about upcoming episodes. If you are interested in working with me one-on-one or have questions or comments about what you heard today, please email me at healinganddealing.podcast at gmail.com. Your support means the world to me. I'm so grateful to be sharing my voice and the voices of others with you. Now, let's keep healing and dealing. We'll see you in the next episode.